from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 200 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us today. This is our 200th episode here on Ministry Monday. Today's episode includes colleagues and clergy, leaders and laypersons, fellow pastoral ministers, and those who are all actively serving the church today. As this podcast is produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, I'll admit that some of the topics are more NPM-centric today, but they are no less centered on discussing the needs of pastoral music. In fact, I think this episode reveals some themes that we encounter in today's church. Themes of the needs that exist, themes of the joys that we find in our ministry, and themes of the need for associations like NPM to exist. Today we begin by speaking to Jennifer Klug, NPM's Executive Director. Jennifer begins our conversation today by addressing the now. How can we continue to address the challenges of the church today? What can we do as pastoral musicians to continue our formation? And what gives Jennifer hope for the next steps of NPM. Thank you for talking to Ministry Monday on our 200th episode. It's an exciting milestone, isn't it? I know, it really has been. And you know, it's it, just like many things that we have at NPM, it shows the history of where we were and how far we've come already. Um, and so I kind of wanted to sit and talk with you about your experiences so far. So for those who are listening and may not know, you have been executive director of NPM for how many months now? How many months is it? 15, 17? Uh, yes, I think we're, yes, we're actually in month 16 now. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, so you've been here for 16 months. So what are some of the things that you have really witnessed um, in the membership and the association as a whole? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I always feel like a broken record when I say this, but our members are amazing. They are just, they're just so amazing. And I know they're representative of the field of pastoral ministry as a whole. They are dedicated. They love what they do. They love serving the people of God. And that quite frankly, gives me the energy to serve our members and to serve our church in a wider way every single day, because that 
energy, but also the challenges that they face. Um, it's, it makes us realize that we're all in this together. And isn't that our Roman Catholic church after all, that we yeah. are serving and worshiping together? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've always thought of NPM as an association that ministers to ministers. And so it's it's that layer of ministry that helps us and hopefully helps to serve those that serve so many others, um, just kind of like the branches in a tree that continue across the, the United States. Absolutely. And I always like to say that I'm here as a steward. I'm here to steward this association for our members as they serve our church. Right, exactly. So looking forward then for NPM, um, this is your second summer being with NPM, which means it'll be your second convention, your second yes. NPM convention. So what are some of the things you are looking forward to this summer in terms of your own personal formation? Absolutely. So of course, I'm looking forward to the convention going to Louisville. Um, I know from my own visits there and from many, many email exchanges and phone calls with our local committee, um, we are just gearing up for an absolutely incredible week together. Um, I'm also very excited for uh, looking ahead into July when we will have the Liturgical Music Institute as part of NPM programming uh, for the very first time. So working on that collaboration as well. Um, and certainly convention and LMI are two very different experiences. They both form, um, serve a formation need, but um, LMI is, I would say a more contemplative, um, a quieter experience where the convention, you know, we all know the convention can get pretty rowdy. <laughs> It's a lot of energy output at the convention. There's a lot, a lot to take in and a lot to put out. It, it is, but you, you know, on a, on a personal level over the summer, I am also looking forward to taking some time to rest and rejuvenate and you know, start thinking about um, our, our fall programming and how we will serve really throughout the year as well as over the summer. Jennifer, I'm going to give you kind of a big question to wrap up today. Um, what what gives you hope for the association? Mm. Well, the short answer is we're still here. After the past two years, the very real challenges that our members and all pastoral musicians have faced in terms of a very different ministry, in terms uh, of, of job loss and job retraction, um, of our church struggling through some very difficult times as it has since the very beginning. Um, NPM is still here. We are still here to serve all pastoral musicians. And I think that's, that's very important to remember and to, um, you know, if I can be colloquial, to, to see the forest uh, for the trees and that we, we, we persist. We really are persisting as an association uh, and there, there's so much room for, for growth. And that's why whenever I engage with members, 
or perhaps with non-members who are serving as pastoral musicians, I always encourage them to tell me what they need or what's missing or what we could do better. Because unless we have that feedback, we can't serve in, in a more comprehensive way. So that's what makes me really excited. One, that we're still here, but that we have so much more that we can and will do. If someone wants to give you that feedback, of course, they can contact you and we'll put that information in the show notes <laughs> of this episode. But just to confirm, people can find you at this year's convention, correct? If you're walking around, they can talk to you? Absolutely. Come up to me, ask me any questions. If I can't answer you on the spot, please know I'm going to hand you my card and tell you to follow up with me and I will get you that answer. Good. Good. Into last little plug, I promise listeners, um, make sure if you are attending the virtual or in-person convention to tune into the members meeting, which will be on Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. if you're um, in person or Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern if you are virtual. And don't worry, we will remind you of that. But Jennifer will be taking the lead to help us see where the association is going. Is that right? Absolutely. And we will also be asking members to submit their questions in advance of that meeting so that we can use some of that time to directly address your questions, concerns, and thoughts. Another way to give you feedback. Absolutely. This is Father Jan Michael Jankis, and I'm wonderfully invited to congratulate Ministry Monday. Oh, a term that I've always found fascinating. The day after the great celebration, Ministry Monday, to focus on what we've just experienced and to look ahead to what we're preparing for. I think it's your 200th episode. That's correct. That's wow. Correct. That is very, very impressive. Probably you are the primary podcast we now have going for uh, this kind of work. Uh, again, things to share, things to think about, things to deepen our spirituality, things to uh, deepen our musical skills. What a wonderful opportunity. We now hear from someone who formed NPM into what it is today. Dr. Gordon Truitt served NPM for 30 years in roles of publishing and editing, creating a high level of quality for all of NPM's print publications. He worked for all of NPM's presidents at one time or another, including himself as an interim president for NPM, until the position shifted to the role of executive director in 2021. Gordon, who also received NPM's Jubila Tadeo Award in 2017, discusses the highlights of serving the association for so many years and why NPM is so crucial to pastoral music in the church. Hi, Gordon. How are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm well. Thank you for chatting with us today on Ministry Monday for our 200th episode. Oh, absolutely. Glad to be here. So to be honest, this feels like a question that doesn't need to be asked, but I'll ask it just in case we have a new listener to NPM and to Ministry Monday. What is your history with the association? Are you at the whole history or? Well, maybe, maybe just a, an abridged history. Just the publishable parts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, maybe <laughs> just the publishable parts. Well, I... Uh... 
was uh, an editor, uh, eventually the major editor for 30 years for the association. Uh, when I started, uh, my title was managing editor, which meant uh, that Father Funk basically oversaw much of, of what I did, what I went, went on. As he, uh, as I got more familiar with the process and he got more familiar with me, uh, he be, moved a lot of the stuff into my office. Uh, let, let me uh, take over a lot of the editing work. Uh, so eventually I managed to work my way up to senior editor with some folks working for me and uh, retired. But it, I wound up uh, sort of being the, the person who oversaw any of the published material that went out from the association. Mm -hmm. Instead of checking for accuracy and spelling, that kind of thing. Right, exactly. Um, how long did you work for NPM? Worked for NPM for 30 years. Wow, wow, that's fantastic. What were some of the things that you valued most about your time working for the association? Well, I think there were three things, really. And the first one was... Um, just being able to, to do the job that I did. As I said to the various presidents down the years when we did uh, review of uh, employment review for each year, that I thanked them for being willing to pay me to do what I loved to do. Because uh, it, was, it was such a, a wonderful thing to be able to be the editor and to work with the people who I would contact uh, to, to write the articles and follow up with them, get to know them. Um, the, the second thing was the, the staff that I worked with, uh, who were just amazing people. Uh, they were in a lot of ways far more dedicated than I was to the work. Um, I think particularly of people like Kathleen Haley and Peter Marr, who, when I would go home uh, in the evenings in January through June, they were always there working on the conventions and, and working late to make sure that people um, had, um, were properly registered had what they needed to participate in the convention or that the convention itself would be what people hoped for. Um, and then the third thing was, was just working with the members, um, particularly when they would write or phone or eventually email to uh, ask a question or to say, I really liked this article or thank you for including that in the magazine, that sort of thing. Uh, and it was, it would be anything from uh, someone who called one time to ask where she could find the general instruction of the Roman Missal. And I had to explain that it was in the front of the Roman Missal. And she said, oh, that's father's book. We don't have a right to look at that. And I had to explain that that wasn't quite accurate. Uh, <laughs> to uh, from that to some of the uh, uh, 
amazing kind of leaders of the liturgical renewal who would write a note to say excellent issue or that kind of thing. So it was those, those kind of three levels, the, from the work to the people I worked with to the people that I worked for that, that were the highlights. I think that also gets to the point too, the, the core behind NPM, it is its members. It is the, the association is just the, the community, of course, of NPM, that the members that we hope to serve, ministering to the ministers, if you will. And that that really is what it's all about. I I agree with you. Right, and uh, yeah, I, there wouldn't have been any reason to do what I did uh, if there were no members. Right, right, exactly. Yep. Why do you see NPM as a valuable resource to pastoral musicians today? Oh, for uh, essentially the same reason it's always been a valuable resource, and that is that uh, uh, NPM has been uh, committed to not just music uh, and, and quality of music, but the role of music in liturgical worship. Uh, and that while, uh, while we, we've done what we could to, to explain why particular kinds of music work best in the liturgy, we've also linked that to what the liturgy itself is. And uh, that it's um, what the council said, that, that uh, the goal of any kind of liturgical renewal is full conscious and active or fully conscious and active, depending on the translation, uh, of worship uh, by the, the whole congregation. Um, without that, uh, it becomes a piecemeal kind of thing of, you know, I liked this song or uh, I didn't like that homily or, you know, but the, the, the whole thing has to tie together. And I think that has been a key element of what NPM has tried to share with members uh, and to help them, give them the skills, the resources to, to help them develop that understanding. And particularly today, I think it's more essential than ever because uh, we've watched one group after another who was involved in the liturgical renewal die out. And NPM is still there, is still helping people understand uh, at a time maybe where people are drifting away from that commitment of the council to full conscious and active participation. And we're still there, you know, doing the job. That's right. Well, I will say that I truly believe that NPM would be here today without your 30 years of service. So thank you for all that you've oh. done for NPM. Really, it, it, is, it is the bedrock on which we still have our association today, thanks to your support. So thank you for all you've done for NPM, Gordon. Oh, well, thank you so much. Our next guest today is another fellow NPM president and leader, Monsignor Rick Hilgartner. Monsignor Rick's reflections echo some of Jennifer and Gordon's sentiments, which I think you'll hear in his responses shortly. But Monsignor Hilgartner takes it one step further and asks, 
What do we need to do in order to stay relevant, in order to fulfill the needs of pastoral musicians today? Hey, Amanda, great to see you. It's great to see you too. Thanks for talking with us on our 200th episode today. It's exciting. Yeah, I know. I know. Thank to you. See this is a kind of a, one of the newer high-tech ministries of NPM. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and to see it going strong this way, it's great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. It, it's, it really is, hopefully, and continues to be a way to extend an outreach to members and non-members alike to give them a different type of support. Let's just chat for a minute, if you're okay with it, about your time in leadership for NPM. So you were one of NPM's presidents. I was. I, I, right as I finished my tenure at the USCCB Secretary of Divine Worship uh, in the years of the Roman Missal implementation and beyond, uh, NPM approached me uh, as they were in a transition of leadership. And uh, at the time, the uh, NPM was dealing with some, I, I would call them growing pains, uh, with uh, trying to figure out the some right sizing that needed to happen. Uh, the budget was lean. And uh, so they came up with this model uh, that they were willing to try for uh, leadership in a part-time capacity, which is not the ideal model uh, long-term, but uh, I, I came into that role. They invited me in uh, knowing that I was going to be a pastor of a parish at the same time. Uh, and, and so we came into that not knowing exactly what that was going to look like. Um, and it, it relied on certainly the expertise of other staff members stepping in to do things that they had not done before. Um, but it also gave the opportunity for, for the leader, for, for me as the president, to also have very much um, a, a presence in full-time frontline ministry at the same time. And I think that's part of what I brought to my leadership of NPM was being in the field, in the trenches at the same time. Uh, and I was coming in new to a parish that uh, was in itself undergoing some uh, significant renewal uh, in transition of leadership. I, I was temporary administrator of a small parish in central Maryland for the first six months of my presidency. As I came out of the USCCB, I had a, a, a short-term um, administrator role. And, and, and it was the, the great irony that I was in a parish that at the time had very little going on with music ministry and the NPM board was helpful in, in helping me kind of discern what to do. Uh, the only instrument in the church was a Hammond A300 uh, oh, organ, wow. vintage like 1965. Nice. Uh, that it was in like a little closet in the back of the church uh, oh. and somebody had patched it into the sound system. So it was a bad old instrument that was also loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> But by the time I left, I had some I had some significant help in in procuring a um, a good quality piano that transformed my last couple of weekends. The music there was suddenly beautiful because they had a really good uh, piano and and accompanists who were better on the piano than they were on the organ at the time. So. Um, the, the challenge of, of, of being the president of NPM and serving in a parish that had limited resources, a small community, um, provided a little bit of a different perspective, I think, certainly for me to be in that kind of situation. That's true. I mean, I, I know that pastoral music and music departments have such a different you know, uh, budgets and experiences culturally, locally, nationally, but I'm sure that was a good experience for you to, to really see 
what can be done in a music ministry that may need some growing. Yeah. And it was, and it was also my first perspective or my first opportunity to see firsthand small rural community with limited resources, uh, you know, small congregations. So smaller pool of talents to draw from for music ministry. Uh, I was only there six months. Now I'm in a, a, a large suburban parish in Baltimore County um, with a thrive. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pat, pat my staff on the back and say that uh, we have a thriving music ministry uh, here. I, and I was blessed that um, Dr. Lynn Trapp, longtime NPM leader, uh, was available and willing to come and join my team. Uh, and it's been exciting to watch things grow and flourish under his leadership. So bringing this back then to NPM, what are some of the, the highlights from your time in leadership and just as a member of NPM? Well, I, I go back to my early days. A lot of my early liturgical formation was as a member of NPM. I, I joined NPM when I was in the seminary. And uh, some of my early liturgical formation was coming from conventions. And so I recognized the value of formation um, and, and came in saying, this is who we are. This is what we're about. And uh, we have to be engaged in formation in every way possible. And, and if, if the conventions aren't the primary way that that happens, we have to find other ways for to be useful as formators in music ministry and liturgical theology uh, across the spectrum, not just those five days a year at a convention, um, but, but throughout the year. And I think the, these Ministry Monday podcast is one example of that, uh, that how are we being relevant and useful? We can't just be um, an association of people who can get together and have a good time, though NPM knows how to do that, because the <laughs> fellowship and the mutual support and the friendships are important. But who we really are as, as a service to the church is engaged in liturgical formation for music ministers. So then going forward, what do you see the role of NPM in terms of the, you know, today and tomorrow for pastoral music and pastoral musicians? I think we're going in the right direction with offering more, you know, partnerships with uh, you know, things like the uh, uh, the, the certificate programs for uh, liturgical, the, the introduction to liturgical theology that, that we partner with liturgy training publications on, mm -hmm. um, but just the other ways that we're doing things like institutes um, and, and finding ways to, to serve when there are not a lot of opportunities for people, uh, in, especially in certain parts of the country that don't have access to larger scale programming um, that that large metropolitan areas that have seminaries and schools of theology. Um, for, so the, I think the virtual programming model is certainly helpful. And, and maybe that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic is more people have learned to trust and rely on the virtual and have come to see virtual programming as, as an effective tool. Um, and there aren't that many opportunities for people to engage in liturgical formation. Uh, and for music ministers, liturgical formation is a, is a key piece of ministry formation. I, certainly, we need competent musicians, but we need competent musicians who also understand the nature of the liturgy and, and who understand the point of musical worship is, is not just uh, music that's performed at a level of excellence uh, and expertise, but is engaging the assembly in worship in a way that is legitimate and appropriate uh, 
and, and so NPM has to be engaged in that apostolate of formation. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, I want to thank you for your, your brief time with us today and sure. thank you for continuing to support NPM and good luck with you and your parish and say hi to Lynn for me. I will. Thanks. Great <laughs> talking to you, Amanda. Thank you. You too. Hi, I'm Rocco O'Connor, Jesuit priest and author and composer and all that. Um, I was at the first 1978 meeting of NPM in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I don't know how many of you were. The questions we were asking and the answers we were providing were in that context. And one of the things that has been about as constant throughout the last almost 50 years with the council and the uh, constitution on the sacred liturgy has been NPM responding to the needs of the church and the liturgical practice in the church in the United States um, creatively. And I wanna recognize Amanda Bruce and the good people at NPM these days for responding the way they are and now hitting their 200th, 200th episode in all this. Um, I've listened to a whole bunch of these and I've been, uh, uh, let's see, uh, delighted, maddened, uh, uh, frustrated, uh, wanting to, oh, I learned, I learn, I learn. And one of the things that NPM keeps doing is inviting us in the church to keep learning. And this is by listening and engaging. So congratulations, Amanda and your whole team. Thank you very much for your grand service to us. Ministry Monday and NPM wouldn't exist today without its members and listeners. Our next guest is Andrea Ramos. Andrea is a member of NPM's Board of Directors and is the Associate Director of Music for the Diocese of Austin, Texas. Andrea has been an NPM member for 10 years and shares a unique perspective from her leadership role in her diocese. What does she see that those in her diocese and neighboring regions need most right now? Hi, Amanda. I'm doing great. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you. I know it's wonderful to see you too and see your face. It's been a while since we were on Zoom together. So it's I know. <laughs> but thank you for chatting today for Ministry Monday's 200th episodes. Thank you. Congratulations and thanks for the invite. Thank you. Thank you. So before we start, just in case the listeners don't know, um, how long have you been a member of NPM? I've been a member of NPM since uh, 2013. Okay, great. So almost 10 years. Yes, yes, it's been almost a decade. What are some of the things that you value most about being a part of an association like NPM? You know, one of the greatest things uh, NPM has allowed me to do has been to connect with musicians, with pastoral musicians from all over the country. And actually, I became a member of NPM uh, when I took my job as the, the Associate Director for Music for the Diocese of Austin. So for me, it's been NPM has been crucial in building relationships with uh, fellow dioceses, 
uh, with fellow um, diocesan music directors, but also um, it opened my eyes to the wider church, not just the church in Texas, but I've been able to get to know the wider church and to see what um, our church looks like in other states, in other, in other parts of the country. Um, our convention has been a wonderful tool to be able to network, but those relationships have gone beyond that. And also, um, besides the networking and being able to connect with fellow leaders and pastoral musicians around the nation, um, the formation uh, aspect of things. Uh, NPM has provided valuable formation for me um, and great opportunities too for professional development. What are some of the things you'd like to see in terms of formation in the coming years? I think personally, um, some of the things I really would love to see would be more formation for our Hispanic community, especially here in the Southwest. Um, our Spanish speaking population uh, continues to grow. Um, in my diocese, for example, they represent uh, over 50% of our Catholic population. So this is uh, something that really needs to be addressed, especially in this part of the country. And I would say personally, that's my biggest hope that we can uh, reach out to those in the peripheries, to those who um, may not know about NPM yet, um, either because of their geographical location or because of the language barrier. That's my hope that we can expand um, our, our reach and just we can get to those people who right now are out there on the peripheries. Now, I know that when we're recording this for the 200th episode, we are just a few weeks after Holy Week and Easter. Um, and by the way, Happy Easter. I should have actually Happy Easter. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you share one of the best moments or one of the most valuable moments you had this year in, in your uh, experience ministering for Holy Week or Easter? Well, you know, for me, it's, it's interesting because actually I don't do parish ministry. So wow. this has been one of the few years when I did not really serve for an entire triduum. But I'll tell you what, it was beautiful to be on the other side. Uh, <laughs> it was beautiful to be on the other side and to sing with the assembly and to experience and, and really take in the impact that pastoral musicians have on their communities and their assemblies. Um, it was so wonderful to be back celebrating Triduum with people in the church, um, to hear the choir, to sing with the choir. Um, to me, I think as a musician, that was a very, very special moment because um, I know how it felt when we didn't have that. Uh, it, was, it was really hard. And to see a vibrant church again uh, with the pews filled with people and all of us singing together, um, it, it was truly a, a wonderful experience, but it also, as a musician, it made me truly see the value from a different perspective of the music ministry. I did serve at one parish, but just for, for Easter Sunday, but, you know, going to uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday vigil, and just take everything in and truly see the value and the impact music ministers have on their communities. Um, it's just so powerful because I think, especially after the pandemic, many of them have felt that maybe they were not as important, maybe they were not as valued, maybe they were not as essential as the church said they were. And to me, to be on the other side and really see how they're ministering and how they're feeding their communities through music just uh, reaffirms that uh, aspect of like how important uh, music ministers are, that they have such a crucial ministry. They're so important to their parishes and their communities. 
That was actually going to be the last question I ask you is for all the listeners who are pastoral musicians and pastoral ministers on this podcast right now listening. What is some of the encouragement or advice you can give from your role um, for those who are listening going forward? I would just say what I've been telling musicians here uh, in my neck of the woods, and that is don't give up. You are important. You matter. We need you. Your communities need you. Uh, we need to continue singing. Uh, God is present when we sing. Uh, singing is one of the biggest expressions of our Catholic faith. And without music ministers, we cannot do that. So I would just say, yes, you are important. You are absolutely crucial to your parish, to your community. So keep moving forward. You know, if the choir uh, lost a few members, then um, go out, invite your community members. Don't give up. Uh, eventually, they those who left may return, or maybe this is a new opportunity for a new chapter. Maybe we need to bring new people into the picture. Maybe we need to give that person that sat in the back row for the longest an opportunity to maybe rise to the occasion, to maybe take over uh, on a leadership role, or you know, um, maybe start teaching new folks to canter. Um, I think rather than seeing this, uh, the impact of the pandemic and, and everything that has happened, seeing how that has affected us as music ministers and as choirs, ensembles, etc. Um, rather than lamenting, I think we just need to see this as a new opportunity for growth, for change, for conversion. Our final guests are Maria Nieva and Jose Gallardo. Maria and Jose are two NPM members who truly embody the community that so many find in the association of NPM. Their interconnectivity with others in the Asian Pacific community and NPM at large extends well past their consistent role in NPM conventions. They truly minister together, both in their churches and to the NPM community, providing virtual choirs, prayer services, and lunchtime concerts. Not to mention, as you'll hear shortly, their joy is contagious. I couldn't think of a more perfect way to end the 200th episode. First of all, congratulations to NPM for the 200th episode of our podcast. Amanda, kudos to you. You're the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for chatting with me today on Ministry Monday's 200th episode. I really would love to hear for just a few minutes about your experiences with NPM and how they have fostered community for, for you, you both. So what are some of the highlights in terms of community that you have found by being a part of NPM? Should we say how many years have I been with NPM or just please? That? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. How many, how many years? <laughs> hey, Maria, how many years have you been with NPM? I lost count, but all the years have been really really exciting and fruitful and heartwarming because um, each year we learn a lot of stuff about each other about our culture we keep adding up and adding up and we we meet other experts a lot of a lot of um spiritual directors um friends from all over the country um, a lot of cultures, not just Filipinos, but 
all Asian countries, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, Korea, China. Um, it has been very, very exciting. Um, not just the Asians um, at all the uh, performances and and sessions and prayer services that we've done. We also have a lot of different cultures, not just Asia. Um, everybody, very diverse cultures. And um, I also have been given the opportunity to be in the leadership committee. Um, I am very blessed to have the opportunity to, to lead some sessions, some services. Uh, I have the, I've been given the opportunity to meet the leaders of NPM. I have very much experienced how to be led and how to also um, represent our culture, represent our countries. So it has been very, very, very fruitful for me. I have a lot of support from my local parish where I work. Um, I get to bring what I've learned from each uh, convention. And it's been very exciting before and after convention. So all year round, I have been very blessed to use what I learned from NPM. A lot of what Maria said, uh, you know, is, is some of my experience. So uh, most, for a number of years, I, I wasn't able to make it to the conventions, although I was a registered member of NPM, but I participated a lot locally, you know, going to our local events, getting to meet other musicians in San Antonio and, and, and get to know them and become acquainted. And then when I was able to get, get away during the week of convention and, and attend, you know, then making connections nationally it was, was wonderful. And then, then I discovered there was the Asian American Pacific um, musicians um, intersection at the time and, and uh, briefly met Maria that year and late, connected a couple years later at a, one of the other ones. And so I, that's been a blessing to be able to get in touch with people you know, within my heritage to learn, learn their experiences and, and what they're doing in their parishes around the country. Um, so it, it's really being able to make those connect connections and, and learn from each other and, and make some good friends along the way. I'd like to thank the many people involved in creating this episode, including Jennifer, Gordon, Monsignor Rick, Father Michael Jonkis, Andrea, Father Rock O'Connor, Maria, and Jose. Creating this episode filled me with hope. When we recorded the 100th episode of Ministry Monday two years ago, my interviews were so enjoyable, but they were focused on the uncertainty of all of us, everything that we were experiencing as we were enduring the first few weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. But this episode, due to the grace of the Holy Spirit, focused on the perseverance we find in ministry. We continue to adapt to the needs of our parish communities and adapt to the changes in our world today. We consistently ask ourselves, what can we do better? How can we do better? How can we serve the needs of our church better? 
It is inspiring, encouraging, and humbling to hear these testimonies today. While it may feel as if our work is insignificant, playing the same hymns to the same congregations four times over the course of a single weekend, we are all united in our work. We create a depth of spirit in our liturgies that connects the presence of God more deeply within our congregants. And so, while our work may sometimes feel routine, it is anything but. Here's to the next 200 episodes of music, ministry, and liturgy here on Ministry Monday. May we continue to offer topics that serve you, pastoral musicians, and further the work of the kingdom. The recording of Hope was produced by GIA Publications and arranged by Chris De Silva. The theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus, and this episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.